Hello there. My name is Maud and I, I would like to extend an invitation to you to watch my brand new film, Saint Maud. It's much better than that very noisy, noisy, noisy film, Tenet, also in cinemas presently. Watch my film, Saint Maud, please. Welcome to Modern Fart. Hiya, it's been a little while. We're we're on hiatus. Yeah, technically this isn't happening, but it's happening. We anyway. thought we we thought we'd have a little special episode because we saw a film recently. But before we get into the film, I want to in this current climate, I need to hand you something that I think it's not COVID, is it? <laughs> no, I don't want the COVID handed to me. <laughs> I need to hand you this because I feel like this is the name. So we get called. I'm oh, I'm Nadine, by the way. I'm Simon, and together we are the. Restraint squad. <laughs> because we need to keep distance. Ah, yeah. We're the Two restraint meters. squad. We yeah. need to exercise restraint. And your name is... I'm going to give you this bit of paper. I'm opening my name. Taint God. You're Taint God. Like and it. my name is... Quaint Fraud. <laughs> and the film we are talking about today is... Saint Maud. Saint Maud. Get it because it's they all rhyme with Saint Maud. I thought yeah. it was really clever. It's very odd. Our cinema, far cinema's modern fart. <laughs> anyway, Saint Maud. Let's talk about it, man. What is Saint Maud about, Simon? Well, technically, it came out last year. It premiered at the Toronto Film Festival last year so I'm heartbroken that it's not included on our 10 best of last decade because oh. <laughs> it actually is one of the best films of the, the 10 years I would say I don't know like wow. how close I would shortlist it but um, yeah I know it's, it's, it's a great it's film high bloody praise Simon I like it and that's probably is that too quick to jump in there and just say that I like it before we've talked about it I liked it too it? I thought it was good yeah. So it's a yeah, it's an independent psychological horror film by an English director, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, before we start, actually, I should mention that if you hear any background noise, that is actually the noise of Tenet. <laughs> we are in a cinema right now. Mm-hmm. The cinema blessedly let us record here. So if you can hear any noise, that is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Oh, giving me tinnitus. Give, giving you tinnitus. Tinnitus of the ear. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Saint Maud is a film about a young woman who goes by the name of Maud. <laughs> Maud, and she is a palliative care nurse, and she is enlisted by a dying woman with an interesting past to um, look after her uh, as she slowly uh, succumbs to her terminal illness. Uh, however, there's a twist. Maud has a trauma. And she has overcome this trauma, presumably, through uh, a recent conversion to Catholicism. And she sees her new client, I guess, or patient, I suppose. Mm-hmm. She sees her new patient as a project that she can like work on uh, spiritually. And it's basically about her obsession to convert this woman before she dies. And uh, it's pretty fucked up, man. Save the soul of the dying one. A higher calling, yeah. Yeah, man. So you saw this before me, and you were like, 
this film's like The Witch, or like, you said, like, this is a film that's, like, understated. It's a horror film, but it's not really a horror film. And that is totally right, man. It's like, in fact, I was barely scared the entire movie. But Mm. see, when the scares come, holy shit. Holy fuck. I was, like, jumping out my chair at two two moments, and there, yeah, two moments I just, like, genuinely chilled me to the fucking bone. I was like, wow! Yeah, I was feeling like, oh, when films like this come out, I always feel like it's been years since I've seen something like this, but maybe, maybe that, no, it is actually years, it's like, it's between, like, Under the Skin and The Witch is a couple of years, The Witch, and then Mandy is a couple of years, Mandy, and then this is like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it is actually a, a three-year gap between each film that's kind of... Kind it gets of, you hard. Yeah, yeah, it gets me right hard, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I actually thought that the very beginning of the film, you feel like you're in familiar Brit drama, sort of. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be a bit disappointing, this. After four minutes, just an atmosphere came in that immediately lifted it. And it has a distant relative in sort of early Polanski films, I think. Without ripping them off, you can think about Repulsion and The Tenet. The (laughs) Tenet! Christopher Nolan has possessed that. I'm not talking about Tenet, I'm talking about The Tenant by Roman Polanski. I knew that I was going to fucking say Tenet when I tried to say Tenant. Oh. Hello, it's Christopher Nolan here. Please watch my brand new film, Tenet! <laughs> watch my film now! If you like being shouted at, watch Tenet! <laughs> It's too damn noisy. It's like, uh, I feel like Huey in the news guy, uh, Huey Lewis and his little cameo in Back to the Future. I'm sorry, guys. You're just too damn loud. <laughs> you know, speaking through his little... Well, this film's much more quiet. A lot of this film, so Maud, it, this is like a character study movie, I guess. Um, and Maud is someone who is super lonely. And it's pretty evident that she's lonely from the start of the film. So, like, most of the I think a giant portion of the film is silent. Or not silent, but there's no talking. There's huge stretches of this film where there's no talking. That's Mm -hmm. what I noticed, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And, I mean, yeah, the the, the character, the central character is so painful. The actress, is it Morfid Clark? Morfid? Morfed Clark? Uh, She's Swedish-born Welsh, so... There's so she's Swelsh. Swelsh, exactly. So the Swelsh name of Morfed, which is pro Morfed. Morfied? Morfied? Uh, she's a great actress. She's really like, She's so this. good that I actually want to watch all of the stuff that she's done, even if it's been, uh, I've, you know, I mean, the film Crawl, I think she was in, which is like a Sam Raimi produced film with like a big crocodile or alligator. I'll watch <laughs> that just because she's in it, you know, uh, and I've been warned not to watch that film, so I don't care. I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> The actress is called... Morved Clark. Oh, okay. So it is. Morved Clark. It's Morved Clark. <laughs> Morved Clark. Is it not Swedish if she was Swedish-born? Well, it, it, Swedish it said name? translate from Welsh. So clearly Morfid is a, a Welsh is a Welsh name. So her name is... Morved Clark. Morved Clark. Anyway, so Morved Clark is a... Uh, you really... Like, she gets put through the ringer in this, like, actress-wise. Like, Rose Glass, the director-writer of this makes her do some mad shit like when you watch it you're kind of like oh my god like she did this too and she did this too there's lots of like nudity and shit I don't know I'm trying to think what else was there's lots of stuff without spoiling it yeah it's just it's uh, you know there's a lot of 
that's not an easy uh, paycheck yeah. that sort of thing when I was watching it I was like oh, I would hate to do that <laughs> like how do actresses and actors do this oh, yeah, just oh do no, no 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 and then the discussion before how it's going to go you know so just get on the bed and like oh, <laughs> start riding now yeah okay um, um, so could you just start riding and um I would say it's not a per- it's not as perfect as I, I think The Witch is a perfect kind of movie. Like I think that Robert Egg- Eggers managed to pull off a ten out That's of ten. That's special. It's like whoop! You've really put your uh, hammer and claws into to getting that one coming out pretty perfect. And I think that you know I, d- I don't want to get into the, a pissing contest between directors, but I think Rose. You hey, Lauren! Bastard, we're f- podcast. Hello, Lauren. <laughs> Okay, we've just moved location to a different room. We had, That's to, move, we had to move rooms. Oh, god damn. Okay, cool. Pants. Oh, there's buses outside. You can. It's amazing how much crappy Jesus. noise there is in a, in a room uh, upstairs in a cinema. <laughs> Between buses and Tanette. Oh. Yeah, we're right in the middle of it. Everything getting... is conspiring against this podcast. It's double penetration. Which is why we've taken a hiatus in the first instance. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Where, where actually were we? I was. I think I was in the middle of a point and everything. Yeah. You're probably interrupted. Yeah. So it's not perfect. That's it. Yeah. Don't want to get into a pissing contest between directors, but I think Robert Eggers managed to make a, a really perfect film that he probably won't. I don't think he'll better it. You know. I don't want to sound defeatist. Have you seen the lighthouse? No, I've got the DVD in my bag. I still haven't seen it either. Yeah. <laughs> we were all like, The Lighthouse, yeah! <laughs> I can't wait to see that. We yeah. actually never saw it, still it. never going into it. I'll watch, uh, I'll watch it uh, in the next few days. Um, how good could it be? I don't think it can be out of The Witch, personally. But I think, uh, so Rose Glass has made a film that's, you know, it's, it's really great. But I think that maybe there's a couple of things missing in terms of the characters, Amanda is played by Jennifer Ely. That's the uh, the dancer who is under Maud's care, and there's kind of a a relationship that develops there with obviously Maud deciding that she's her savior. I think it comes to an end. The whole film is too brief, but the only thing that's missing is more meat and bones. Yeah, with to their, with regards to their relationship, yeah. I think so too. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I think it's like. Well, we can't really... I can't go There's in. the spoiler bit afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I think the visuals in this are really nice. Like, oh. it's... Not, I really like it. It's like got that kind of iconic, creepy horror thing going on without being, like, too contrived. And it's, like, obviously all done... So it was all filmed in Scarborough. And uh, Rose Glass, the director, really, really makes Scarborough into this really creepy, atmospheric, lonely seaside town. Which I mean, people go on holidays to Scarborough, so it must be quite nice. Uh, but <laughs> I should say they don't mention that it's Scarborough in the film. It's name, it's nameless seas. It's the every seaside town. It's yeah. kind of what Scarborough's doubling for. They don't make a, an issue of hey, come to Scarborough where you'll feel slightly miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I should have mentioned it. Yeah. It's, uh, it was filmed in Scarborough, but it's not. I was all the way through. I was like, ooh, is this Blackpool? Blackpool is another seaside town in our fine country, but uh, no, <laughs> it's Scarborough. Yeah, so there's two or three visual points in this film where you think I'm going to remember that shot for the rest forever. of my days, the rest of my living days. And I won't get into what they are until after the spoiler bit. But yeah, there's some. I mean, if you see visuals in a film and go, "Oh, not seen anything like that before." That's, that's I'm, quite I'm good. interested to see what this is. So I think we've, we've talked a bit about how it's a horror film without being too horror It's evocative without feeling like a rip-off. 
you know, it's original with, without missing good kind of influences. So I think that lots of boxes ticked there and I would say why not make this the sleeper hit of all time by everyone in the world going to see it between now and April because nothing fucking else is coming out. <laughs> so that's my plea actually. That's the reason that I did this. I want to plea to the world to go and see Saint Maud, even if you are not interested at all. Just do it anyway. Do it Just out of charity for your cinema. Do it out of charity for some someone's weird arbitrary opinion, i.e. <laughs> mine. You know. Also, you'll get a basically get a private screening. I got a private script. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to offer a free balloon or something. Also, there's a free balloon for the kids. You get a private, right, you'll get a private screening when you go see this because cinemas are dead at the minute. And I went to go see Saint Maud, and I was the only person in the cinema apart from there was a couple in front of me, and the couple were going for it the entire movie, and it made the whole atmosphere just that little bit more. Interesting. Like, disturbing and interesting. <laughs> you just got your, got your miniature binoculars out. You know the binoculars that, you, that come out of like a cracker and stuff that only like take, <laughs> yeah. take you like three feet closer? I wasn't sure if I was titillated by the film or by the couple in front of me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't really notice them the entire way. This is Your Majesty the Queen. I have an announcement for the people. I would like to band together... To slay the beast. To slay the beast. Just hang on. Slay the beast called... COVID-20. COVID-20. I will need a magician. A very powerful magician. And also a nimble, small monkey. One strong enough to carry... A large spear. Together we will slay the beast, Covid's twenty. I have been your Majesty the Queen. Should we get into spoilers? Let's fucking get this into spoilers. Countdown to spoilers! Five! Four! Three poo bomb. Yeah. Spoiler time! Okay, so my spoilers are so actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my three things I I wrote on list because I, long day at work, brains mush. Let's fucking bullet point these shit, okay? Then you can like counterpoint if you'd like, okay? Mm-hmm. My three loves of this film is there are two moments of genuine bone chilling horror. Number one, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's hear it. <laughs> Number one, the moment where it becomes a horror film, really. I mean, it's always a horror, but the moment where it becomes like it full-on gets its horror jacket on and turns into the fucking werewolf at a thriller is, of course, when Amanda is like, becomes demonic in Maud's subjective yeah. view. Right at the end of the movie, Maud goes to and confronts Amanda for the final time, and Amanda becomes a demon, effectively. Or, or becomes something akin to a demon, and uh, Maud kills her. And that fucking sequence had my heart racing. I was sitting in the cinema seat just like... Aah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the movie leaves you so unprepared for that because it's so, 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 like, deliberate and slow to start with. Yeah, I mean, I watched um, the, the Toronto Film Festival Q&A thing where they've got some prat at a microphone like, Hey, everybody, is a Saint Maud. I'm going to bring <laughs> out the cast and crew. And then these three meek people come out on stage just Hello. like, yeah, just like, oh, here's this wanker we with made, the microphone. But that, that guy talked about... Uh, 
the screening that he saw with his Toronto Film Festival crew and uh, you know a moment half you know, there was one there's a moment in this film where the air went out of the room or out of the theatre and I'm going to guess that it's that must be that bit they, oh they, they, it, wasn't, it wasn't confirmed it's so sudden <laughs> like and what's cool is that so before that scene there's a scene in which her Maud's old friend or Maud, whose real name is actually Katie, I think. Is that yeah, that's it. That's the uh, what we weren't trying to spoil before was that Maud is uh, encountered on the street by someone who remembers her and calls her Katie. So you get is it Katie? I'm second guessing. Maybe I can't remember. It's Simon. No, she calls no. her Simon. <laughs> it's like it Simon. Could, it could be any. It could be any name that's just generic. But the point is, you find out that uh, she's changed her name and she's she's actually. This is what one thing that was interesting to me about the film is that Maud approaches her surroundings like she's an outsider, mm. and then you find out that she's not. Yeah, and it's exactly. kind of, it's, it's like she's divorced herself. Totally, from her past you, you get the you her, get the uh, sense that she's moved to to unnamed seaside town, but really she's actually just like super lonely and like isolated from everyone and else. It's surprised that anyone from her past would actually call her name out in the street yeah yeah and yeah, yeah it's bizarre it's really <laughs> it's quite cool yeah i like that element of it for sure so the second moment of bone chilling horror was the very ending in which she sets herself on fucking fire and it's really nice and ethereal and ah i've fulfilled my mission in life ah and then the fucking the final shot of the film is like the smash cut to just mod burning alive and it's horrific she's like ah and it's actually, you know, it, it happens, the scene ha- unfolds during the day, but that shot is against is a pitch black night? sky. Yeah. So it kind oh. of feels like a, an expressionistic right, shot. It goes from her imagination to film expressionism. Uh. Like, not like, a, not like a realistic shot of her yeah. burning. It's just like... It's so horrible. It's like, this is her imagination, but this is like the... the just like the pitch black yeah. embodiment of what is really happening. Yeah, the, like, the last thing you're left with is just this horrific image of someone burning to death, and you're like, holy fuck! And it's just like, it's Joel, it is, it's one second with like really powerful screaming on the soundtrack. And then, and then it smashes to the word Saint Mod, and then you just get that soundtrack, and the soundtrack is, at times, the soundtrack's really, really, really good. I didn't love it all the way through, but yeah. it's good. I mean, that's the bit that reminded me of The Witch, kind of. I mean, the, mm. the, not the, obviously there's musical, there's and there's actually industrial musical elements, but then there's just the, the rumbly bit. Yeah, know, that whole the sound whole, design thing. Very Mulholland Drive, very yeah. The Witch, very <laughs> Tenet. <laughs> actually, what was it there? There's this, there is a sequence with uh, just mods in a, in the room, you know, lighting and unlighting a lighter, and it's syncopated with the music, and I, you know, it's one of those scenes you watch it and go, wow, how did they, you know. So did she shot list everything and with a piece of music or did it just come together in a kind yeah. of like, hey, we'll throw it together. But whatever, it's genius. Yeah, there's a few moments like that where I was like, wow, how did they do that? Like, oh, or not how did yeah. they do that, but there's moments where they draw together things like, um, what was it called? There's a sex scene in which uh, you get the flashback into Maud's kind of trauma in which she accidentally killed an old granny by resuscitating it too hard. Is that right? I guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of she, enigmatic what happens there. But, yeah. Sure. And uh, the sex scene is like cut right on top of that and, and like you get visual matches between her putting her hands on the man's chest and then I cut to her killing the granny yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of just like ah, yeah. and uh, there's a, like a really good eye for like little details that are creepy or mundane or 
disturbing like she just lies over in the sex scene and lets the guy finish and it's just like it's so <laughs> horrible to watch like you're just like oh god it's just so cringy and oh so yeah. I like that that was cool so anyway those are my two moments of genuine bone chilling horror okay does your list go on or is it yeah I mean my list it's all just it's all just points that we've already covered right. such as visually excellent generally nicely directed I only say generally because I think the pacing is a little bit too it's like you said there could be more meat to this antelope yeah you know yeah an antelope feel... just like jumping through the, the background exactly <laughs> and I then just... a lion chases it down and just <laughs> no um, more, well actually you brought me to that point I was going to extrapolate on uh, basically like Amanda played by Jennifer Lee she's a, a former dancer she's had a, a, a level of fame in her or you know, there's people that know about her basically. So there's uh, reference to that by seeing her footage of her filmed doing her dancing, and Maud actually finds posters in a cupboard and flicks through them. I think that there's an idea in there about Maud getting an idea in her head that she'll be important if she saves this important person. Yeah. And it doesn't really get fully like. I don't think they they bring it to no. proper fruition. It's more left. Just kind of they leave it to you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we already touched on a bit too slight, felt very short and too brisk. Because I really like short movies, but this felt short. It, I love a short movie that doesn't feel short. I love those. Oh my god! When but this one felt it was over too quick, wasn't it? it? Totally, man. Maybe that's a good thing, but it did feel over. And too it quick. is maybe also a good thing that she doesn't insult her intelligence. This leaving it to you thing is actually yeah. a strength. But no, I think that uh, when. Amanda and Maud have their confrontation and falling out. There's a feeling like it was missing a few a couple, ingredients. A, a couple, yeah. a couple of a couple of moments were missing there of just getting a real sense of them connecting. Because later on, when she she speaks to her replacement uh, at the bench by this by the sea, mm. and there's talk from the replacement about how you make a connection with people really quickly. And I think if you actually felt like Maud did actually get there mm. and was now missing it that would be a lot better than feeling like it was over in 10 seconds anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's actually, brings me to my next point, is, well, kind of, is, so this film is, I'd said before, this film's like a character study, but it's a little bit like Joker, (laughs) like that movie, Joker, in which uh, it's a character study of a crazy person, but it intentionally keeps you at a distance from the crazy person. So it's a character study movie that doesn't really study the character, like so it, it almost preserves itself for a twist at the end and you're kind of like well I wish I'd just gotten a character that was interesting like, it's very it's quite surface level at times I think which was a little bit yeah. frustrating to um, me anyway I don't know also one of the strengths of Joker was the soundtrack and again that's The Witch and The Joker would be two soundtracks I would say is comparable to this yeah, one yeah no totally totally uh, so yeah. and also last fucking point last flaw of mine was that the thesis of the film certainly in the last scene in which um Amanda basically says that she'd been faking her spiritual experience and stuff like that. <laughs> like she, so Amanda basically admits to Maud she'd been totally faking it the whole time, uh, and Maud is like crushed by this. And then basically Amanda's whole point is that like, you know, re- religion cast aside, life's actually really horrible and dark and horrific and depressing, and that obviously ties into the last shot of the film. I was kind of like, is that that's the sophisticated thesis it's like it's like something that Rick or Rick and Morty would say like God's not real Morty it's like cool that's that's the point of the film oh okay I thought I was getting more than that well actually is there not a story here about 
what happens in Maud's head versus what actually happened, and it's about. I mean, this is you know, it, it's that old uh, unreliable narrator bit. It often kind of welcomes the criticism of being a cop out. Mm. You can get away with anything. You can say, but oh, that was the whole point. Is that yeah. you don't know what's going on. I actually think that this film does a much better job of playing that game but saying, you know what, I'm not going to leave it, leave too much blank space here. You're going to know what happened and you're going to know what was going on in her head, what her distortion of that was and yeah, what that sure. meant. Uh, so, you know, when you when you have like a character like Amanda going head-to-head with Maud, it's more about the two characters rather than any philosophy you're supposed to take away from it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just, I just thought like... Yeah, as a thesis, it just felt a little bit. It just felt a bit unsophisticated. But it felt thes- a little bit. The thesis. The thesis. <laughs> the thesis is uh, that you know when someone who's dying is confronted with a lonely person who just won't go away. You know. <laughs> That's the thesis. That's, it's yeah, not actually sure. about you know world the, the world being. A, no, no, sure. A pitch black place. Yeah. With no I think light. I was just I was just annoyed by the. I think I was annoyed by how little how little was revealed. Like, do you know what I mean? I just, I wish, I wish, I always love. You I, wanted to see her breast as well as the bum. <laughs> no, I love. I just love when a, I love when a film leaves me with an idea that I hadn't, that I've never had before. Basically, I like that's what I like watching films for a lot of the time. Yeah. So and, just a Mr. Skin moment. There's rear nudity but no frontal nudity in this film. <laughs> okay, but carry on. You know. <laughs> I can actually just imagine you waiting like, okay, that's that's bum. Now, now I'm waiting for a little bit of. Boob. That's not what I do. That's yeah. what you do. You just said you wanted more that's, revealed. That's not what I said. I did not say revealed in that term, in that phrase, in that way. Uh, you know? The camera thing, the visual, I was like, oh, yes. wow. Give us it. Right. So the, it's, the screen is black, and then there's the horizontal staircase. Oh. It's just pictured horizontally across the screen. Oh. And Maud climbs down the stairs, and as she's moving uh, right to left... In your vision, right to left across the screen, the stairs kind of weigh down. Is it almost as if she's weighing down the stairs when she reaches the bottom, and it just moves that very slightly, just sinking. <laughs> and I just thought that is actually a genius camera shot. Like, I mean, did films... you get a faint rod? <laughs> I got a saint rod. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Many films you come away with thinking that's a work of art, that's a genius. But you, <laughs> singling out a specific camera move as like well, that was a that was a work of genius. That was a little bit of genius right there. Ding! It doesn't happen very often. But there I, you I'll go. be honest, I don't even remember that. Fucking <laughs> hell! I'm sitting here making saying that this is a thing that you'll remember forever. I don't remember it. You don't remember. But, it. I mean, I remember the scene. I think, but I don't know. I don't know. You know something? There's a lot about this movie that's very like Joker, and famously, I didn't love Joker, but I actually think this movie's better than Joker. So there you go. There's that. It's better than Joker, but it'll be seen by less people. So the urge yeah. is, you know, make it bigger than Joker, or make it next time, next time, Rose Glass, make the movie about Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman wants to be a Catholic. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, th- there's like a Poison Ivy film directed by Rose Glass, and it's but like it's you know... Poison Ivy being a Catholic. Yeah, no. Just pick someone that you can make a little uh, ca- uh, horror sort of drama character study film of, like what our friend, what was his, what was his name, Todd? 
Phillips. Phillips yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Phillips, he set out to do it. It was like, I'm going to make an art film, but because it's called Joke or Morons, will show up. And they did. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Rose Glass, just play the same game. Just yeah, do man. this. Make the You're same in. film. Remake. Welcome to the layer cake. Rose. Remake uh, Saint Maud, but just like drop Harley Quinn <laughs> right in the centre of the <laughs> Oh film. my God. <laughs> I'm totally like Christian now. <laughs> I have an ex-boyfriend called Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix is just in the mirror, just like, you know, did she just mention my name? Uh, Yeah, yeah, she looks in the mirror and sees Joker staring back at her, Joaquin. Joaquin. Oh, no, well, actually, in her world, it was that fucking twat from 30 Seconds of Mars bullshit. Oh, would you like to join my fan club? No. (laughs) What is it? Uh, No, it's nothing to do with this. It's a, a fan club for the man who plays Joker. It's called... Whacking off. <laughs> Would you like to join it? But I like the other guy. What is his name again? Jared Leto. Jared Leto. I don't have any joke about Jared Leto. Oh, right. I think it's Leto. Leto? Leto. Leto? Jared Leto. Oh, he sucks, dude. But this film, it's 84 <laughs> minutes, right? I'm, going, I'm tempted to give it 8.4 out of 10, mm, suggesting that good. if it was 100 minutes, it would be perfect. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. I give it a 7. <laughs> <laughs> you harsh, you harsh bastard. 7's a positive. That's positive. From Nard Meme, yeah. <laughs> From Nard Meme. That's positive, man. That's a positive review for me. 7. 8.4. I, I give it like a, it's like a, it's like a light 7, you know? You know, 8.4 feels harsh from me. It's better than the Babadook. Yeah. I, I, it's like on par with Hereditary. Oh no! <laughs> no, right, okay, right. So we've established I like the witch, but you see that Ari, uh, uh, what? <laughs> Ari Aster. Ari Aster. His films are crap. Oh no! Actually, I haven't even. I've, actually, I've seen them both. Yeah, but, Midsummer. Uh, they're alright. Oh, oh. Nah, they're not crap. But... This film reminded me of many other things, but not in a bad way. Ugh! It sounds like you're ripping into it. <laughs> like, I don't think that sounds good. I... No, this film's original. Distant relatives only. It is very original. I'll give you Distant that. relatives only. And it's like relatives like early Polanski before he did his sex crime. Thank you for listening to Modern Fart. We're still on a hiatus right now. We might come back and make some more, but we're certainly going to be on break for the next little while. We'll see you in 2021. Hi there, it's Nadim from Art Cinema Fart Cinema. This podcast is sponsored by the Joaquin Phoenix official fan club, Joaquin Off. £10 per week to join the Joaquin Phoenix fan club. You get stickers, you get badges, you get a big old waterproof poster of Joaquin so you can Joaquin Off to. Joaquin Off Club. Joaquin Off Club. Enjoy Joaquin Off. <laughs> use, use the code... Use the code name Nadim and Simon for 10% off. Thanks.